Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. At the time, I remember saying to a colleague, I shouldn't think we'll ever cover a bigger story than this. I don't think I ever have. Number 10 is a house and a home, as well as an office. And as Margaret Thatcher left it after so long, there was applause to be heard, and I told a tear or two shed among the unseen staff. Mrs Thatcher's own voice had an emotional edge. Ladies and gentlemen, we're leaving... Philip Johnston, I'm the chief leader writer of the Daily Telegraph now. Back in 1990, I was the chief political correspondent and I was in Paris on the day that Margaret Thatcher fell. Abroad, she was a great heroine. Wonderful Auckland Islands people should know we are here to defend. At home, she was seen as a bit of a liability. She could never, she is not and she will never. Break the mining people of Great Britain. Well, you have to remember that Margaret Thatcher had been in power for 11 years and she'd been leader of the Conservative Party for 15 years, since 1975. So there was an element of her having outstayed her welcome. An MP acted as a, what was known as a stalking horse and he only got about 30 or 40 votes, but... That was quite a significant number of Conservatives prepared to vote against her. And her Deputy Chief Whip, I remember Tristan Garrell-Jones at the time, saying to her, they'll come back for you, they'll come for you again at some point. The ladies not for turning. (laughs) So the following year, a number of events happened. One of them was a summit meeting in Rome. Mr Bush had arrived just 15 minutes before these talks were due to get underway. The handshakes and hellos were friendly, but with none of the hugs and kisses so common in the Thatcher-Reagan relationship. And the idea that Margaret Thatcher attended to oppose the move in Europe to a single currency, which at that time was just a nascent idea among a few um, believers in Europe as a political project, which of course she opposed. And at that summit, she was shanghaied, I suppose. And she found herself isolated and an agreement was made to move to uh, European Monetary Union. She then went back to Parliament two days later to make a statement on this. It was a robust and determined Mrs Thatcher who defended her isolated stand at the European summit, naming the others... And famously denounced the whole thing. No, 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 she said. No, no. At that point, Sir Geoffrey Howe, who was her deputy and leader of the House of Commons, decided he'd had enough, so he walked out of the cabinet. And that triggered the moment where Michael Heseltine, who was to challenge her for the leadership, came forward, having said for months that he wouldn't. He then put his name forward. You also have to remember that the Berlin Wall had just fallen. Margaret Thatcher was regarded by most people, certainly in Eastern Europe, as 
the person who brought this about. And she was determined to go to the summit meeting in Paris to chart the post-Cold War architecture. At the same time at home, she was being denounced for all sorts of things, from the poll tax to her anti-European stance. So there we were, abroad, with a group of people who were completely bewildered at the thought she was being challenged for the leadership. Not least, she had a majority of 100 in the House of Commons at the time. So the day itself was a day of summiteering. She went to various meetings, she gave a few press conferences, but essentially this cloud hung over the entire day, which was back in Westminster, the Conservative MPs were voting on whether or not she should remain as leader. So as the day transpired, we get to 6.30 in the evening. Prime Minister Mrs Thatcher is at the um, residence of the British ambassador in Paris and they have an open line and they're just waiting. She's about to go out to the ballet, which is a big dinner with all the other leaders. But she has to wait for this result, which of course we all assume would be a bit of a walkover. When it came through, because of the rules of the party, even though she won, she beat Michael Hesseltine, she got more than 50% of the vote, but she didn't reach a threshold and she was four votes short. And subsequently people had said if she'd stayed in London and pressed the flesh and talked to more MPs, maybe she would have got those four votes. But even if she'd won by one vote, she was in difficulty. She didn't even wait or she didn't even consult anybody. She just got up and just walked out and came out of the door. I was standing downstairs in the courtyard behind the BBC correspondent John Sargent. Mrs Thatcher, could I ask you to comment? who tried to shove a microphone in her face. And it's here, this is the microphone. Got pushed out of the way by Bernard Ingham, her press secretary, is a very famous uh, image. I'm disappointed that it's not quite enough to win on the first ballot, so I confirm it is my intention to let my name go forward for the second ballot. Mrs Thatcher said, I'm going to fight on. I've won, and I'm putting my name forward. I have got more than half the votes of the parliamentary party. It was not quite... 15% above those of uh, Mr. Heseltine, I think it's about 14.6%, so it means we have to go for a second ballot, so I confirm that I shall let my name go forward. Mr. Well, Mr. 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 Off she went to the ballot. We were just standing there, rather stunned, to be honest. And the circumstances were amazing. I mean, it, was, it was dark, it was late November, there were arc lights outside the um, British ambassador's residence. There was a great gaggle of journalists. The mood was, it was electric because it was, she was in Paris and the whole thing was in the open because of the summit. It added to that sense of drama. I mean, there was an intake of breath when they found out that um, she hadn't won or she hadn't won by enough. It was later on that evening that it sank in that that was it, it was over. We went for a briefing with Bernard Ingham, her press secretary, who said, well, you heard what she said, she's disappointed, but she carries on. And then later on, we had another briefing, about one o'clock in the morning, I remember, where Ingham again said, she's going back tomorrow, she's going to put her name forward. And then when everybody had gone, 
myself and another colleague and Bernard sat down to raid the uh, ambassador's drinks cabinet and have a talk over her 10, 12, 11 years in office. And Bernard acknowledged then, as he has acknowledged subsequently, that that was it. Even if she put her name forward, even if she contested it, she would lose because the ground was moving under her feet. And don't forget, all of this had happened in the space of sort of three weeks since that Rome summit I mentioned earlier on, which sort of began the unravelling of her premiership. It was quite an extraordinary ten years, to say the least. So yes, fully aware that we were on the cusp of some historic moment. In fact, at the time, I remember saying to a colleague, I shouldn't think we'll ever cover a bigger story than this. I don't think I ever have. Two or three days later, she went to a cabinet meeting in the morning and then she left number 10 Downing Street to go to the Queen and hand in a resignation. Um, and she was seen in her car welling up with tears, which I think was for a lot of people, it did show that you know, those of her who thought she was too hard and inhuman realised that there was a human being behind that. When I was standing outside number 10 at the time, you couldn't quite see it as she got into the car from where we were standing, but subsequently it's been shown a lot on television. She made her first appearance around 12.30 after making her decision early this morning. She'd apparently concluded she couldn't stay after 11 of her cabinet ministers, whom she saw one by one yesterday, advised her she might lose a second ballot. Prime Minister informed the Queen she wouldn't be standing and arrived to see her personally just before one o'clock. If it had been in London, I think it would have been very, it would have looked very different because you wouldn't have seen many of the protagonists. And you certainly wouldn't have had some of those great events like Bernardingham shoving John Sargent out of the way and uh, the sheer drama of it all on the television at the time and her disappearing to the ballet dressed to kill. But as it turns out, dressed for the end. We're leaving Downing Street for the last time after 11 and a half wonderful years. Personally, for, for, for her, it was you know, an extraordinary moment that she could have actually obviated or diverted by retiring a year earlier under her own, after 10 years, that would have been the time to have gone. It was to recognise the fragility of political power. However powerful you, you are. The Conservative Party can get rid of a Prime Minister who'd won three general elections, was regarded as the world's premier statesman, who just effectively played a leading role in winning the Cold War. You can get rid of anybody. Very short time. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Eyewitness History is a Telegraph original podcast. It was produced by Giles Gear, Louisa Wells and Theodora Leludis. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow in your favourite podcast app and leave a review to help others find the show. And if you're not already a Telegraph subscriber, head to telegraph.co.uk slash audio for your first month free.